Well, good morning. My name is Wayne, for those of you who are new here. Normally at DPC here, we just uh, work through uh, the Bible. We just pick a book and read a chapter or half a chapter and look at that on a Sunday. And the next Sunday, we pick up where we left off. Now, last year, we started a series on 1 Timothy, which we got to chapter 5 and then we stopped because we ran out of weeks in the term. And um, that's not normally what we do, stop halfway during a book. So today, we're picking up from a series that we started last year. And that's why we're starting at 1 Timothy chapter 5. So over the next four weeks, we'll be looking at the last two chapters of 1 Timothy. We looked at the first half of the letter last year. And if you weren't here for that, or if you want to refresh your memory, I think you can either grab it off the internet or grab a CD or something like that. Timothy's actually a letter from Paul, the apostle, to a young fellow called Timothy. And the letter is really about how to run a church. So if you look back to chapter 3, verse 14 there, Paul says to Timothy, Although I hope to come to you soon, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God. In those two verses, we get really a summary of why Paul wrote this letter. This letter is about how to run a church, which makes it a pretty valuable letter for us to read, I think. Because here is Paul, um, a mature Christian, explaining to Timothy, a young pastor, what church should be like. I mean, imagine if there was a, a, a very good builder and his young apprentice builder. They've worked together three, maybe four years. The builder's been passing on to his apprentice everything he knows, all his uh, um, ways to use tools, his tricks of the trade, also some personal um, um, stuff on how to live even. And then the day comes when it's time for the builder to move on. And imagine before he goes, he just scrawls out on a page some notes to his apprentice, a summary of everything he's taught. Here's what I want to leave you with. Some wisdom from an older builder to a younger builder. Some personal advice even. I wonder what he'd put in that letter. I wonder what kinds of things he'd say. Well, that's what this letter to Timothy is like. Paul's saying to the young Timothy, I'm going away. Don't know how long before I'll be able to make it back. So while I'm gone, here's how to run a church. And the letter can be really summarised by two things. And they are firstly, Timothy, be careful about your message, what you teach, and be careful about your life, how you live. And the last section of the letter, which we're looking at over the next four weeks, is less about being careful about the message, but more about being careful about your life. But we need to remember that last year, this quite long section that we looked at was all about being careful about your message. See, so all this stuff we're looking at at the next few weeks, if we put it into practice, we could have a great church with great um, social programs and lots of small groups and even a growing church with good music and be really good at caring for each other. But if we don't have at the centre of all that the right message, the gospel, it's all nothing. And that message, Paul said clearly, he said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Look right back at chapter 1, verse 15. Paul says to the young Timothy, This is a trustworthy saying, deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That statement is the basis for all that we do as a church. It's not that... um, Christ Jesus came into the world to help good people and help them get on with each other. 
It's not Christ Jesus came into the world to, to give us a little bit of help and a nudge up. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And it's only because of that, it's only because what Jesus has done, that he saved us, that we can even consider doing what we're going to be looking at today. Because Jesus died to save sinners, and because we can now be friends with God and friends with each other, because of what Jesus has done, God calls us to be a family. And that's what we're looking at in this section today. So let's pray as we come to look at it. Father, thank you that you sent your son, our Lord Jesus, into the world to die, to save sinners just like us. And Father, we, we, just, uh, we admit that we're here today not because of anything we've done, not because of any good in us, but because Jesus came to save us. And Father, having been rescued from what we were, having been reconciled to you, your friends again, and joined with each other, we pray as we explore this part of 1 Timothy, you'd help us to understand what it means now to live as your family. We pray these things so that Jesus might be honoured by us, your church. Amen. So have a look at um, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. The first thing to notice here, and it's pretty obvious, but I need to say it, church is a family. Paul is talking to Timothy about how as a leader in the church, he should treat people in the church as he teaches them, but the principle behind what he talks to Timothy about the principle that applies to us all is that church is a family. Treat older men as fathers, not as your boss, not as your school teacher. Treat older men as fathers. Treat younger men like brothers. Treat older women like mothers. Treat younger women as sisters. Church is a family. We're first and foremost, we're not a business. We're not an organisation, we're not a club, we're not a school, we're not a committee, we're not a corporation, we're a family. We look out for each other like a family. We love each other like a family. See, becoming a Christian is being, about being forgiven by God and having the barrier between him and you broken down, but it's more than that. We've been given a new identity. We're not part of the world anymore. We're now part of God's family. The barrier between us, each other, has been broken down. Now, that's what the church is, God's family. The church is the result of Jesus defeating sin and where God is breaking into the world and he's reconnecting people. The church is where sin has been defeated and we need to live that out in the way that we treat each other. We're a family. And the first people that Paul talks about how to treat in this new family that we're in are older men. Verse 1, don't rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Notice in church there will be times where we need to correct people. 
just like any family, we're not a perfect family. There's times even when this family, we want, we want to kill each other, like any brother and sister want to do. There's times when we might wish that we were in a different family. Why am I in this family? In fact, one of Timothy's roles in the church, back in chapter 1, verse 3, and chapter 4, verse 6, was to correct people, rebuke them. And because Timothy's a young man, we saw that in chapter 4, verse 12, Timothy will sometimes need to correct men who are older than him. But Paul says, Timothy, when you do that, don't rebuke an older man harshly. See, the way you go about correcting someone depends on the relationship that you have with that person. Having the truth isn't a free license just to go around correcting people. Being right doesn't give you the right to go around just rebuking whoever you like. Holding the truth doesn't mean that you bash people over the head with it whenever you can. You might see something in someone else's life that needs correcting. But the way you go about correcting them depends on the relationship that you have with that person. And if the person's older than you, well, you need to respect them. You need to respect their age. You need to respect their position. And so Paul says to young Timothy, if a man is older than you, exhort him. Don't rebuke him. Exhort him as if he were your father. Now, exhort is a very gentle word. It means appeal to him. Call him. It, it literally means call him to something higher. Encourage him. Appeal to the good that you see him in him and call him to more as if he were your dad. See, a good dad loves his children. A good dad provides for his children. A good dad works hard so his children can be fed and educated. A good dad sacrifices himself for his children. Now, I know not everyone's had a good dad. Some of you have had bad dads. But even if you have had a bad dad, the Bible still calls you to respect your parents. And even if you can't respect them for who they are, respect their position. Salute the uniform. And so a son doesn't come to his dad and rebuke him, no matter how bad his dad is, as if his dad needs a lesson from the, the young son who's full of wisdom. The son respects his father. He honours his father. He comes to his father and he calls his father to something better. Dad, you know what? You, I know you love Jesus. I'm thankful that you take us along to church. I love it that you let us go to mob. But Dad, we never have family devotions. Is there a reason for that? Do you think we could start? See? Gently. You don't fly off the handle. Uh, Dad, you're an idiot. Um, gently exhort him. Dad, I want you to be the best dad that you can. But you seem to get angry at Mum a lot. Why is that? Is that a good example for me? Do you think you might, might be able to do something about it? You don't rebuke an older man harshly. You don't go after him. You exhort him. You call him to something better. And that's how Paul says we should treat all the men in our church family who are older than us. The older men in our church family, they're meant to be role models of what it means to be a Christian. They're meant to be the kind of Christian men that you younger men want to be like. And if you don't see that in them, then you need to call them to more. Some of you young guys might even be starting to get frustrated with older men. You know, older men can sometimes lose a bit of their enthusiasm or get caught up in their career or make stupid decisions. 
So what should you younger guys do? Should you ignore it? No. Should you sit there and bear it? No. Your role is to come to an older man and call him to something better. Invite him to be more like Jesus so that he can be an example for you. Don't rebuke an older man harshly, but encourage him as if he were your father. That's older men. Secondly, Paul looks at how Timothy should treat younger men. Verse 1 again. Treat younger men as brothers. Now, I had a younger brother and I used to treat him all sorts of ways. There was a time I threw the money box as hard as I could and smashed him in the face with it. There was a time at Scouts where he swung, swung a rope at me and he missed me, but I got really angry and I kicked him in the shin with my boots and chipped a bit off his bone. Every time we are in a canoe together, um, he would be scared to get in because I'd wobble it and I'd say, no, I promise, I won't wobble it, I'll be safe, I'll care for you. And as soon as he gets in, I'd wobble it and wobble it till he cried. So older brothers can be just a pain in the neck. Big brothers can do terrible things to their little brothers. And it's not new, it began with the first brothers, Cain and Abel. It continued with Joseph's brothers who faked his death and sold him into slavery and told their dad that he died and so on. There's plenty of bad examples of brothers in the Bible. Now that's not what Paul means when he says treat the younger men as brothers, kick them round. Because that's not how you treat a brother, is it? That's not how you treat a brother. You care for your brother. You look out for your brother. You stick up for your brother when people want to pick on him. You're a friend to your brother when no one else is. Deuteronomy 22 says, If you see your brother's ox or sheep straying, don't ignore it, but be sure to take it back to him. If your brother's wife dies, you take care of your family, Deuteronomy says. Proverbs says your brother is your closest friend. That's how you treat your younger brother, as your best friend. You teach him how to play cricket. You walk him to school. If the kid's on the bus pick on him, you don't let them go, you stand up for him. You help him fix his car, you help him out with his washing maybe, you help him build a house, whatever. That's just how you treat your brother. He's your brother. And that's how we are to treat younger men in the church. Treat younger men as brothers. So take a look around. If there's any man in this church that is younger than you, He's your little brother. Whether you're 80, whether you're 8, you can find a younger brother in this church. And it's your job to look after him. Your job to care for him. Your job to make sure he's doing okay. It's your job to know how he's going. It's your job to help him out when he needs help. Know when he needs help. He's your brother. So, fellas, whether you're 6 or whether you're 60, whether you're a grandfather, whether you're a father whether you're a grandson, treat older men as fathers, encourage them gently, treat younger men as brothers, brothers who you love dearly and who you care for. So that's the fellows, older men, younger men. How about the ladies? Well, look with me at verse 2. Paul says firstly to Timothy, treat older women as mothers. Now, mums are special, aren't they? I love my mother, 
we, we just try and involve her in everything that's happening in our lives. She lives in Griffith, we're in Dubbo, so that's hard, but we ring, we send emails, we sometimes make a little family movie and send it to her. We try and visit as often as we can. We make a fuss about her at her birthdays. When I find a good recipe, I copy it off to mum and share it with her. When, I, when I'm on the side of the road and there's a good apple store and it's on the way home, I buy two bags, one for us and one to mum. That's just what you do for your mother, isn't it? I make sure her computer's working. I make sure she's on the best mobile phone deal because she's my mother. And I just care for her. I look out for her. Now, even if your mum wasn't a good mum, even if you don't get on with your natural mother, still you have an idea of how you should treat your mother, how you'd like to treat your mother if she was a good mum. You love your mum. You encourage your mum. You make sure she's doing okay. You offer to do the shopping for your mum. You fix things around the house for her. You pray for your mother. You ring her and you keep up with how she's going. Jesus, just before he died on the cross, he looked at his mother and he looked at one of the disciples, John, and he said to John, here's your mother. And John took Jesus' mother home and cared for her. One of Jesus' dying things was to make sure that his mother would be looked after after he died. That's what we do, don't we? We make sure our mum is taken care of. Well, Paul says in a church family, treat all the older women as mothers. That's how we should treat every older woman in our church family. Love them, encourage them, pray for them, look after them. It should be a great privilege to be an older woman in our church family because we treat all our older women as mothers. And it's not just the older women who are especially precious. Younger women have a special place too. We are to treat younger women as sisters, Timothy says in the very next verse. Now, I didn't have a sister when I was growing up, but even though I didn't have a sister, I have a fair idea of how to treat one. Big brother looks out for his little sister. Big brother uses his strength to protect his sister, not bully her. Big brother makes sure that other men don't take advantage of his sister. A brother makes sure that his sister is safe. And a brother, Timothy says, treats his sister with purity. Okay? Not like a girl that he wants to sleep with. Not like a potential a girlfriend. In the church, we are to treat younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Now, did you notice there's actually a difference between the way that we treat men and women? See, treat younger men as brothers, treat younger women as sisters. Now, some people say we should treat men and women the same. In fact, uh, I was reading on a website leading up to the next election when I was doing my research. This is what one party said. It was talking about men and women, and it said, this is a great opportunity to ensure that we lay the underpinnings of the society our children will inherit, a society in which all are treated equally. Now, do we really want a society where men and women are treated equally? We don't want our women treated as men. We can do much better than that. Even people who are not Christians know that. They will excuse a man for hitting another man on Friday night, Owen belted me at Bible study. No one blinked an eye. But you never excuse a man who hits a woman. If men treat women 
the same way they treat men, that's a terrible way to treat women. When Ben uh, hits his little brother Tim, I say, stop fighting, go to your room. Half the time, Tim deserved it. But when Tim hits Madeline, and it's very rare, I say, Ben, come here. What did you just do to your sister? Is that how you treat girls? Is that how you see me treating mummy? Ben, you need to be especially gentle with girls. Girls are special. You need to look out for your little sister. Madeline is different to Tim. I, want ben to treat, I don't want Ben to treat Madeline like he treats Tim. I want him to treat his brother like a brother. You know, occasionally get rough with him. But treat his sister like a sister. And the Bible has that distinction here. Difference between the way we treat men who are older and younger and the way we treat women. Men need to use their power to protect women, not to abuse women. See, we want DPC to be a, a place where women are special, a place where women feel precious, a place where women feel loved. We want Morning Church to be a place where women are treasured. We want it to be a place where women feel safe and nurtured and know that the men will stand up for them. Because this is church. And we need to treat older men as fathers. We need to treat younger men as brothers. We need to treat older women as mothers. And we need to treat younger women as sisters. Now, wouldn't you love to be part of a church family that was like that? Where you had people treating you as a father or as a, as a younger brother or as a mother or as a little sister who they were looking out for. Now, if your first family, your natural family, didn't work out, that's very sad. But you've now got the great opportunity to be in a Christian family that does work, where you're loved and looked out for. Ever since Cain and Abel, ever since Adam and Eve, men and women have been using each other and mistreating each other and afraid of each other. Sin doesn't just separate us from God, it separates us from each other. But in the church, God has started a new household of forgiven people. And as his people, God invites us to live together as a family. This is a vision of what church should be like. This is a vision of what church can be like by God's grace and by the work of his spirit. And I think we see it to a certain extent already. Last uh, Sunday after church lunch, we had John and Alvina's wedding anniversary and John in his little speech said he's not religious and we know that and although he's had bad experiences of many churches, he said he was very impressed with how this church treated him and Alvina as family. He used the words that it's like they have children and it's like their mum and dad and grandmother and grandfather. Now imagine the impact we could have on people if we fully lived that out. If we treated all the older men as fathers, encouraging them, pushing them on to be like Jesus. And we treated the younger men as brothers, leading them on, looking out for them. And we treated the older women as mothers, taking care of them, encouraging them. And if we treated younger women as sisters looking out for them, encouraging them on as our sisters in the Lord. Now, is that the kind of church family that you'd like to be a part of? 
certainly the kind of church family that I'd like to be a part of. And the great news is, you can be a part of it. Because that's the kind of church that God is calling DPC Morning Church to be like. Treat older men as fathers, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters. Let's pray.